Hi, welcome to the Xbox World Strongcast Volume 2. Yeah. Uh, hope you're all well out there. Uh, hope the winter's not too chilly for you. Uh, we know that probably some of you are snowed in, so what better way to uh, to pass the hours than listen to an hour to an hour and a half of probable crap, I imagine. <laughs> Almost certainly. Uh, with thought. me today is obviously Matt and Mike. I'm Tim, for those who don't know, and uh, we're going to talk about games and, and some other stuff as well. Um, mm. Actually, we haven't really got a plan even in place, have we? No, we often come in with saying, oh yeah, what have you been playing? We get like, work out what we've been playing, but I've been out of the country, so I haven't been playing anything. Um, uh, Matt? In the office, we've had nothing but Chateau games, right? It's just yeah. been awful, yeah. I mean, as soon as November ends, it's over for the games for the next couple of months. Well, I've been playing um, Assassins Online, which is great, but I think we talked about it quite a lot in our last Strongcast. Um, been playing a bit of Dead Space 2. Unfortunately, I, I can't say anything about it. This is one of those um, tease moments, isn't it, where we say, oh, yeah, we've got to talk about it on another podcast, and we never do. Yeah, well, we probably will. We've Dead got Space. Dead Space 2 code now. Um, all I'm going to say is that it's amazing really really good uh, as we kind of all knew it would be um, they've really I mean the first Dead Space even though it was lacking in a couple of areas was Resi 5 beating material and uh, yeah they've upped their game for the second one without a doubt we've, we've been playing the multiplayer as well and enjoying that it's a right old laugh um, apart from that I've been playing a bit of Grey Matter just going back to Dead Space a second here's a question for you mm-hmm. where exactly did Dead Space come from because I know the EA have like, you know, they're they've you know re- rebooted yeah, yeah. themselves, and they've had some on the sports side of things. They always get it right, but on the on the non-sports side of things, they've brought up a lot of good yes. developers. But their internal studios have, have yeah. failed to deliver for quite a long time. Well, I mean, it was it was the first game really that kickstarted their new like wave of IP of, of new IP. Uh, it it just came out the right time. It's the EA Redwood Shores guys who were doing things like. Uh, the Simpsons games and stuff. That's what and, I mean, Harry Potter. ELA did the Simpsons game, I think. Um, That's what I mean, though. I mean, it's, it seems amazing that they could bring out a game like Dead Space and then now do a sequel that is arguably yeah, even better. I mean, I mean, we haven't played the full through. It's during the misery years, EA lost a lot of talent, you mm. know, and that they were placed to make a game like Dead Space is amazing, that they had enough talent in place yeah. to make it. I mean, this Dead studio Space. made, they made those Lord of the Rings games that were all right. You remember Two Towers and yeah, Return of the King? Yeah. They were pretty decent. It was the same group of people. When, when I ch- sat down and chatted to Steve Papoustis a few uh, a few months ago, who's the exec producer on Dead Space 2, he said, I, I pretty much asked him that question. I was asking him like how EA had changed because he's been there a decade. You know, what was the the catalyst to become this this new rebranded studio that it is. And he said, all the people are the same. We had this talent in there. It's just they were strung into doing these licensed games. Mm-hmm. And and while like the Lord of the Rings games, for instance, were, were decent, they were well-received, people liked them, they were quite proud of them. You, you're limited yeah. by what you can do. Yeah. And so they never had a project that they could really go nuts with and just, you know, express themselves. And then obviously... Rick Teller came in and said, look, we need to get some new IP out there, guys. We need to kind of change what we're doing. Uh, and Dead Space was, I think, one of the first ones to get the green light. And I forget, the, who's who's the guy who's just gone Sledgehammer now? I forget his ben name. Schofield. Schofield. Yeah, so it's Schofield's baby. God, um, look at the crap that the Rebel Chores works on. <laughs> so I just pulled it up on my phone. So James Bond, Agent Under Fire. James Bond, Everything or Nothing. From Russia with Love. The Godfather of the Game. The Black Hand edition of The Godfather of the Game, The Simpsons game, and out of nowhere, Dead Space. 
Like, wow, I mean, all of a sudden you've got this, <laughs> this amazing game. And suddenly they're like again, one of the hottest devs. They did go back and they went Dante's Inferno. It did. I mean, Dante's Inferno wasn't terrible. We gave it a 73%. You know, so it was, yeah, it was a fun game. Yeah, but then probably others were game. like 70% games. But so with that in mind, is Dead Space just a fluke or what? Um, I guess I guess we'll see when they come yeah, out with I mean, their next the se- thing that isn't Dead Space. Well, I guess, but if... The next se- thing will be the Ripper, right? If if the sequel's as good as, as you know, the first one, then... Mm. The Ripper, Ripper's, Ripper's common knowledge, anyway. Yeah, Ripper, Untitled. Okay. Matt just had a horrified look on his face. <laughs> yeah, I did. He, well, it's on here it's on, on, Wikipedia. on Wikipedia. Oh, fair so, enough. Uh, oh, yeah, the Ripper, good. Phew. And they're a Command and Conquer game as well. But I don't know, man. I really do think... I do worry about um, Redwood Shores, Visceral, um, because they've only made average games, apart from Dead Space, and now Dead Space 2, which suggests they've hit on one magic formula. That doesn't mean they're any good at anything else. Much like Dice... Dice are a great studio, multiplayer, my god, they can make the best, the best multiplayer games in the world, but can they make anything else? Not really. Mm. Not really, you know, they, they, they tried their hand at single player, didn't work. Uh, they tried their hand at uh, a camp like Mirror's Edge, you know, it's, it's really a great art, beautiful campaign. No, it's no good, not a good game. And I wonder if uh, I wonder if Visceral might find themselves in the same boat. We'll see, maybe I'll just have to almost stream them streamline themselves so that they're just doing the one thing that they're good at. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, other studios do that. Bungie yeah. does it. Yeah. yeah, but Bungie do it. Um, Infinity Ward do it. Yeah. yeah. Treyarch don't. <laughs> Treyarch did, did, did like, make one game. Unfortunately, it's the wrong game. What would the right game for Treyarch be? I don't know. What they used to do? They used to do a little bit like Spider-Man, Spider-Man game Man, stuff. Yeah. 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 Didn't they do... Um... No, it was Neversoft that did Tony Hawk, wasn't it? They yeah. did. And then Neversoft. They did port it, though. Um, Treyarch did the, um, I think, the ports for mm. possibly GBA. I don't know. Then Neversoft. I'm not going to look it up. We've wasted way too much time on Treyarch in the past. <laughs> Wash my hands of those guys. So, Mike, you've been out of the country. I have been out of the country. I can't tell people what I've been seeing, though. No, you can't. But I did go to Champaign, Illinois. So. Might give it away. But, um, but yeah, so, so, cold? Well, yeah, yeah. So I went to I saw two things over in America. One of them's for a future a big story we're doing. Yeah. And uh, we won't mention it because we're still we're you know, we're looking forward to issue one hundred at the moment, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um so I saw two pretty great games, you know, I saw two pretty serious, seriously good games. Uh which I can't talk about. So let's talk about the weather. Let's talk about you know, America. Mm. So we we flew over on American Airlines. I am never flying American Airlines again. They hate you. This the stewardesses just absolutely yeah, detest you. I said that. I said, that, like, "Here's your meal." When, you, when I read your t- <laughs> Twitter, your tweet, the, no TV, no TV. I said, "I bet he's flying United," but I was wrong. It was American. It's America. They're as bad as one another. Yeah. American Airlines responds to American airports. I mean, American Airlines in general, not just the AA. Um, American airports. We've said this on the podcast before. Are bad. Like these awful non-spaces where, you know, everything's beige and yeah. bland and they only have like two Hudson News for the yeah, entire exactly. freaking airport. Like New York, I don't know what they've done at New York Airport now, but, oh no, sorry, Boston it was. I was just staggered by Boston Airport. It was one long warehouse, basically, <laughs> with two Hudson News and a toilet. Oh. And that was it. That's, that's what. I mean, but the thing is, and that's like, when you're beyond passport LAX control. LAX is like that. That's like one of the biggest airports in America, right? It's like LAX, and you go there, and it's there's a, two Hudson News, both selling the same stuff. There's some stuff that pretends to be crisps, and some nuts covered in shit. <laughs> like it's awful. And, and bear in mind, I'm I come back from these trips, and I only talk about the bad stuff because nobody wants to hear about what a great time you had. While I was over there, I had some amazing steak, Moroccan food. Let me tell you, my friends, Moroccan food's amazing. Um... Spanish food's rubbish. 
I've never had tapas before. Maybe I've maybe I've led a really sheltered life, but I've never had tapas before. It kind before. of depends how you do it. Like Lucy and I go to La Tasca occasionally. I know, oh, traditional Spanish. Oh. It's not, but if you pick and choose the right things no, and get the right mix, it's all right. I'm, I'm with I'm with Michael on this. A few a few months ago, we went. I met my sister and her, her fiance in uh, in in Bristol. We went to La Tasca in Bristol. Dump. Everyone's going to everyone's going to say that Latasca is not a good example of Spanish yeah, sure. eating. But what it's, I will say is, I went to what's supposedly one of the better, um, one of the better Spanish restaurants in New York, and everything I ate was like boring and bland. And the thing is with with tapas is that it's it's just it's just a load of dishes that you can get anywhere. They don't, like, they don't complement one another no. in any way. You pick at them, you get one little bite to eat, and then they come back like five minutes later with something else. It's like you don't get. I mean, there's no meal there. You're just picking it. Stuff, uncomplimentary foods all night long. Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. I'm with you. So I also had, like, in, in Champagne, I had some kind of skunk steak. Oh, they, they, call it, they call it a hanger steak. Apparently it's like a particular cut, but um, as, as our PR uh, representative over there explained, it looked more like roadkill. <laughs> that was no good. Like, the myth that we, we said that you can't get bad steak in America... Is just that a myth? It turns out you can get bad steak, and what we had wasn't the best. Nobody wants to hear about the great times they had; they want to hear about the bad times. So that was one of them. We sat down in that restaurant, and it was just, the ground was dry outside. And an hour later, we had four inches of snow. Really? That's some weather right there, my yeah. friend. That is some weather. But yeah, America's all right. I did a hell of a lot of flying though. I mean, a lot of flying for a very short trip. Who did you fly in the on? American, 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 American Eagle internally, which is there. Which is there inland kind of thing and American Airlines and back to the UK my, my one and only experience of American Airlines was when my wife and I uh, went travelling I took a sabbatical from work and we uh, we went out to America for a while and uh, we flew from um, LA to Hawaii and uh, it's actually a surprisingly long way it's about five and a half hours and um, I got on the plane and, uh, and this one actually did have seat back TVs well, mine didn't. Yeah, and uh, I said to I said to my wife, "Well, at least we you know watch a movie or whatever." Anyway, these sort of troll faced stewardesses came round, and they had to pay for the frigging headphones. Yeah, I mean, this <laughs> isn't easy. I, I, I tell you, man, I'm never going to take BA and Virgin for granted again. What I like about BA and Virgin is you get on the plane, and it's just like a constant assault of good service. Like even bad service is good service compared to America. You get on, and they come to you with a little, like a little drink. You're like, oh, thank you very much. And an hour later, a little packet of nuts or something. Mm. Not nuts these pretzels. days. Pretzels. And then an hour after that, your, your lunch follows. And after that, more pretzels. And then after that, a little drink. And then after that, they come out with a breakfast. And then you land. Mm. And it's like, brilliant. Well, I've, I've been constantly entertained and amused by the, the staff. On American... They, they, we, I, I was. They didn't even send you a drink. You have to go and get it yourself. They didn't even come and serve you. You've got to go to the galley and get it if you want it. Um... And the D, we on the way back, we were on a 777, so it was a big plane, like a seriously wide plane. And their enti- all of their TV was just, just shit. Just straight to DVD crap. All of it. What was, was the best thing on it? Despicable Me. <laughs> and everything else was straight to DVD crap. Oh, dear. Like, it was the cheapest stuff they could show. I'm never flying American again, man. Like, if they say, Mike, if you're like, Mike, do you want to go and see the sequel to your favourite game ever, and be the first person in the world to play it, I'll be like, who am I flying with? You'll say, American. I'll be like, send Matt. Send Matt, he deserves to experience it. You've experienced it, I've experienced yeah. it. You're I've experienced it. You've been American? Uh, send Taylor I think so. Is it either it. American or United? I forget which one. They're, they're one of the two. Like, but America, I said to Mike yesterday, I said, uh, do you know what's worse than American? 
United. Do you know what's worse than United? Delta. <laughs> I haven't flown Continental, so I don't know how they, they stack up, but American, United and Delta are all rubbish. What I like about this is how on topic it is about games. What anyway, yeah. it on topic when I brought back some gifts from America. Let's have a quick uh, chat about this and then we'll talk so about some games. We got um, some sweets, but these are Japanese sweets, even though I was in America. Right. Don't, don't let it confuse you. Um, so what I got here is a, a green tea Kit Kat. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll try a bit, yeah. Is this from you or? Because I saw Matty Castle eating some shut of these. Shut up, shut don't, up. Don't tell them, don't spoil the magic. Um, <laughs> yeah, so basically Matt Castle went to Japan and brought these back. And then my girlfriend went to a Japanese shop in London and brought some other stuff back because I had neglected to buy anything. So, Jesus Christ. You cannot get... In Japanese, um, sweets are always impeccably packaged. Doesn't mean you can get them out, though. Uh, so, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest fan of green tea, and I've got to say, I like jelly beans. The green tea jelly bean is the worst flavoured well, jelly bean. You might be unpleasantly surprised to find that the Kit Kat looks like this. Oh, lime green. Lime green. It's lime green, so... Okay, so you you break one off from Matt. Crack one off from Matt, there we go. Cheers, Tim. And we've got to do the old like simultaneous... Yeah, it doesn't smell bad, it, it smells, smells, smells like, white, smells chocolate. like white chocolate. Yeah. Alright, we ready? Yeah. Just do, just bang the old thing. Are we, are we down in the whole finger? Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Smells good. Go. Oh. It's really nice. Mmm. Not unpleasant at all. But, I know, listeners, that's not a reaction you were hoping for, which is why I bought cheese-flavoured Kit Kats. Oh, no. Well, see, Hoodie <laughs> tried one this morning in the office, and he said that it took him about two hours to get the taste out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Also, the cheese Kit Kats, um, they smell like mouldy feet when you open it. Oh. Just have a whiff. Do you oh, f <laughs> oh, sorry, I've got to cut that. So, how far into the podcast are we on? Oh, I don't know. About, about 20 minutes, maybe? We'll see. We'll have to edit that. Sorry, listeners, I do swear quite a lot. It's uncontrollable. I'm have a whiff, Tim. Smell Mike's cheese. Smell my feet, Tim. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> So we, oh, we, we've oh, only got two little miniature ones, and I don't think we're going to want a lot of them, so let's break them in half. There I, you go. I don't really want to eat one. I don't want to eat one either, but we just think like the readers. I'm not sure I can. Honestly, I think I might puke. No, you got to do it. Honestly, it's, yeah, just it's the, so re the smell is so repellent. It's re I guess I'm holding it at arm's length. It's, 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 <laughs> I would it's rather fun. eat those crickets again. <laughs> I honestly think I might puke if I have this. <laughs> I got a very, I got a very sensitive <laughs> Weak constitution. constitution okay. yeah. Well, think about the readers. I can't, I can't. Honestly, it's just smelling it makes me. Tim's giving up. Is this Tim bottling out again? Isn't yeah. it? I know. I'm sorry, but I'm. Oh, come on, in, Matt. You I think Mike? I seriously think I might puke. Uh, Tim can describe the experience. Then <laughs> one, two, three. Oh, fuck. Put it away. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh. Well, Matt, Mike, oh. Mike, Mike. It only gets worse. Mike looks like he's uh, got some sort of gag reflex kind of kicking in, and the pellet's laughing. But I don't think it's. I don't think he's laughing out of enjoyment. It's like a cheese string jizzed, oh. in, <laughs> jizzed in my mouth. <laughs> oh, it's it's like sweet, but it's cheesy. I'm gonna have the green tea one to get rid of the flavour. Oh. <laughs> I don't recommend it, readers. <laughs> That's vile. Oh, it stinks as well. Really stinks bad. Oh man. Just, it reminds me. It's, it it reminds. It does smell like cheesy feet. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll 
I'll tell you what else. It's not a sweep. I'll tell you what it's else. It's on my fingers still as well. I'll tell you what else smells as well is chicken. When you get it out of the... Uh, I mean, it smells of fart. <laughs> really? Yeah, when you get it out of the packaging first time. Or is it when you cook it? I can't remember. But I always associate chicken with... Uh, with um, well, if it's like, if it's like a, a uncooked chicken, it's probably smells guts though, right? Yeah, because you've got yeah, scraped yeah. out guts cavities. It yeah. probably does smell like fart. Yeah. So anyway, oh. the last thing is actually probably going to be quite nice. Oh, thank but God. that means that all I've got is your reaction when I show you the box. Okay. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's called ball cake. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks like... Ball cake. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to open this. You guys carry on talking. Okay. So what, what's everyone been playing in the office while I've been away? So, well, not in the office, Tim, but you've been playing some Connect Sports at home. I have been, yeah, playing quite a lot of Connect, actually. You uh, said you're a little, little and likes uh, bowling, right? Yeah, she's really you good at bowling. Can it's I play a bowling? great, can I play it's bowling? A, yeah, it's a great leveller, actually. Really good leveller. It's, uh, so, me, my wife, and, and my little one have been playing Connect Sports, and um, and I've got to say, it is a good leveller because my wife is is pretty good at bowling and has and has beat, beaten me quite a few times, and uh, and my even my little one got two strikes on the trot. Pretty good for a four-year-old. Well, I think that just vindicates what um, Kudo Sunoda was saying when, he, when I interviewed him at E3, saying these are skill-based games and you can't mm. just come in and just job your way through them. You know, yeah. like, like for example, if you're a four, if you're like four yeah, years old, that's you right, just yeah. swing your arm at the screen. No, she she sort of it's it's really good actually. She sort of picks it up quite quickly and she reaches out and gets the ball and then mm. that sort of thing. She find connectimals she also liked, but the trouble is with connectimals is it's just it just takes too long to get going. You know, it takes too long to go, you know, to go when you go between things, you go between the different maps and stuff, and you've got that stupid little twat constantly. Yeah, that game's you know. not for children, it's for 20-year-old virgins. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, she was like, it kind of was entertaining in, in bits, but, you know, a four-year-old has got an attention span of a, of a goldfish, so, you know, that needs to keep them, keep them at it, otherwise they get bored. Ball cake's okay, right? Yeah, ball cake's all right, yeah. Don't mind a bit of ball cake. It's yeah. not as nice as the uh, the Kit Kat, the first Kit Kat. Yeah. The green tea one. Yeah, it was nice, the green tea one, yeah. Not as nice you as should the know, one, it's though. actually, um, the, 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 the name on the back is Wang Wang Rice Ball. Wang Wang Rice Ball. <laughs> Wang Wang Slash ball strawberry flavour. It's made from potato starch, sugar, and egg milk powder. And Wang Wang. Yeah. Don't forget the wang wang. Yeah. Well, you'll probably like that. You'll like anything. We can, anything time we come to the office, and um, when time we come to the podcast, rather, and eat something uh, awful, we'll take, take it, it back, back to the office like and say, Early, God, try this, mate. It's awful. And he'll put it in his mouth and go, Oh, it's quite nice. Including yeah, yeah, the yeah. crickets. He ate them and he ate them all yeah, and enjoyed them. them. Yes. And those other ones we had. The, uh, the s- You'd like the kryptonite from way back yeah. when. Oh, kryptonite, man. That was something else. What have you been playing then, Matt? So I've been playing some Grey Matter for review. Uh, I don't think I can talk. Loads about it right now. Why not? It's um, Saturn Germany. You can talk as much as you want. Oh, though. We're kind of enjoying it. It's um, it's not a patch on the Gabriel Knight games, um, which is the ones that Jane Jensen did beforehand. Um, the control system is really quite. It, it was supposed to be a control system that worked for console. You basically pull a trigger, and up pops a wheel, and you then rotate the left analog stick in the direction of the object that you want to interact with, and it's supposed to be a nice, easy way to do away with the mouse and keyboard or just the mouse controls of uh, PC but it just really doesn't work that well on console mm. you have to constantly like reposition yourself and then say if you're 
if you stood on the left-hand side of the screen and there are like four objects, well, if there are more than four objects to, to the right of you, um, towards the right-hand side of the screen, obviously when you when you point the arrow in that direction, only one of them is going to select. Then you have to slowly start rotating the stick away from the direction until it locks same onto one. So it could be like you're pointing completely the opposite direction to the inch, the object you want to pick up or whatever. But because there are so many objects in that area, that's just the first slot it appears on the wheel. And it's, yeah, it's clumsy. Mm. Um, puzzle will seem all right. Um, weird as like every PC point click game is. Um, they're, they're very obscure at times. Story seems all right. Decent enough voice acting. Nice locations, but it's all a nothing bit, amazing. It's all a little bit. It's all right, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah a nothing bit decent, amazing. But decent, decent's okay. It's all right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, been playing that a bit. Um, been playing. I can't really think now. We definitely had a few things on the go. As I say, well, Assassin's Creed multiplayer been, like, has been we, great. We, we talked about it on the last podcast. One of the reasons we haven't got a, uh, we can't say a great deal about what we've been playing in the office is because we just wrapped up the hundredth issue, right? I mean, yeah, we've been breaking our backs. I get how many ends of a day doing that. It's just like Jesus, man. Like I ain't got time for anything now. We, were, we were, I was working like eight o'clock at night towards the end of yeah, the day, and just t- going issue. home and just didn't want anything to do with games by that point, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough issue. We might as well talk about that. It's a tough issue. Vision. It should pay off, right? I mean, it's going to yeah. be on shelves in a... Next week? Yeah. Well, is it 21st of Where December. What's the date today? Um, it's just waiting. Oh, no, yeah. It, w- it won't be next week. It'll be the week after. But, I mean, this will be the last podcast I get before the 100th issue, so we should maybe talk a little bit about the... Uh, yeah, so the, the 100th issue, we, we wanted to do something a bit special, but we didn't want to do the old, hey, we're 100, let's look back at the last 100 oh, issues, guys, which brilliant. is, you know, no one's interested in that. Well, you know, not, not We would be, people. we'd have a right old laugh doing it. Yeah, I just felt a bit, it felt a bit self-indulgent and it felt a bit like, you know, we'd probably be getting a lot more enjoyment out of it than the, than the people out there. So we all sat down and we thought about what we could do. One of the things we thought we could do was do the definitive list of 100 best Xbox games. Now, this isn't Xbox 360, right? This is Xbox and Xbox 360, so Xbox in general. Yeah, something we've never done before, mm. ever. In 100 issues of the magazine, and we've never done a list of both. Don't forget Live Arcade. Live Arcade yeah, too? And any, any, any Xbox game, basically. So Live Arcade, Xbox One, Xbox 360. Could have been Connect, but no, the Connect games maybe didn't. The, uh, the cut. So yeah, we sat down and we thought we're going to do that. We're going to do this, and um, it was actually fairly painless, sort of coming up with the with this. I mean, you guys sort of drove a we lot. Made of a the... list of like 140 games that were really, really good. Can you get that cheese? Where, where's that cheese thing? I can. Just... <laughs> you, you're doing this right away. It's over there. Freaking stinks. <laughs> so uh, we um, we made a list of like 140 games that were very good. And slowly put put them in order, and slowly whittled them down, and then I had to write something like ten thousand words mm. to fill all the gaps in between the games. And and you know what? Some of them I agree with, some of them I don't. Some of them you agree with, some of them you don't. Mm. But what we did is we got together a big group of all of Xbox World's uh, finest writers over the years, and we all came up with this list together. And the, sometimes it doesn't necessarily fl- reflect the scores we've given to games over the years. We should say that it's not about the scores games have gotten. I mean. Sometimes those aren't representative of the, you know, of what we, what we as a group think. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we tend to try and get our scoring system as like as even as possible across the board. Mm. Every now and again, you know, when you get the odd uh, unusual peak, you get the odd unusual trough. So we got together a bunch of writers and everybody, yeah, sat and haggled. I mean, it out. I think I think generally over the years we've, you know, I'd say like not. I think we've talked about this a bit before, but 
you know, 95% of games I say that we're all pretty much in agreement on. Scores are a tricky business at the best of times. There are, there are games that sort of come through where one of us will really, really like it and the rest of us will be a bit lukewarm about it. And, and those are the ones that we wanted to try and address. The, the 100 list is not a list of games that it's not based on how much they scored. It's not even really based on, on how, they, how they stand up now. It's, it's based on, on a, a number of criteria, you know, yeah. lots of different criteria. A lot of it really is just gut feeling. Yeah. You, know, so you get a bunch of games writers in the same room and you just have them talk about games they've loved. Because, I mean, you know, by taking in Xbox games, you are taking in games that are inevitably going to look less visually appealing than the games we've got now. You've got games that aren't going to run as smoothly as the ones we've got now. But, you know, you have to take in, you know, get, some of the games on Xbox One are are still, regardless of how they look and perhaps how they perform, are still brilliant, brilliant, brilliant And the games. day they came out, man, some of them were amazing. Yeah. yeah. So it's... We try to we try to take into consideration a lot of different. You know, criteria. when you get ten people in the same room and they're all arguing about how you're going to list a load of games, they've all got different criteria as well. Yeah. Some people say, well, you know, the day it came out it was amazing. You're like, well, screw you. The day it came, you can't even play that game anymore. The, you know, that's that's not the game. The, the game, the day it came out, isn't the game it is now. Yeah. What you remember in that. Other people, it's like, what well, does it still hold up today? You know, mm. that's another way of measuring it. You talk about online games where the server's been turned off. Like, you know, you know, yeah. you can't even play that game anymore. Does it go on the list? Everyone's got different reasons and you know what we tried to take all of that into account build this list which it's a daunting list it is yeah and but with, with a bit of luck you'll find something interesting to read about every one of them but a couple of things that that sort of came to came to, to me while I was sort of final checking it was number one was the, the sort of running order and the games how they appear is not necessarily how I think a lot of people out there will assume they run mm. It'd be nice um, to hear from people what they think. Yeah, and, and well. that's what I was going to say, is that hopefully people will write in if mm. they disagree or if, even if they agree. I mean, I'm sure there are choices that we've made that, that people won't agree with, and that's that's good. That's what we want to do. We want to generate a bit of debate. The mm. other thing... There's at least one game in this which I think is a genuinely terrible game. I mean, no, it's, no, it's, and I'm sure the same is true for Matt. There's yeah. one or two games you think are just yeah. real bad. I, that U-turn for Jumper putting it in the top three. I yeah. don't know oh, yeah, what yeah, you yeah. were on about. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing was reading it, though, and, and you know, given even given what Mike just said, is is realising how many incredible games we've had on Xbox. Mm. And, I, I, and by Xbox, I mean both forms of Xbox. Matt and I were talking about this. You know, you get to number 50 in the chart and you've got games which are absolutely incredible games. Yeah. You're like, God, there's 50 games well, you better got, than this one. Yeah, yeah, you've got like 90 to 100. You're sort of like, these are great games. Yeah. These are yeah. games that you would be like the proud game, I just to remember play. reading Entry 100 and I thought, bloody hell, if this is Entry 100... Yeah. We are in for a treat. And there were ones that we had to chop in the end, and we were both extremely sad to see oh, some yeah. of them go. So, some, we were thinking for a while about doing like an honourable mention section, but you know, as soon as you, since it, you yeah. do that, you may as well just do a top 105, you yeah. know? Yeah. And uh, that wouldn't really fit our. Maybe we do it for the 105th issue. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we also got. God, man, a lot of stuff for that issue. Yeah. So the other the other big thing I get I guess is that we've got um we've got uh something that I. I think it would be fair to say Matt's kind of driven, although Mike's, Mike's, Mike's helped him out a bit, um, which is 100, 100 Gaming Secrets Revealed, which is not tips, it's not cheats, it's not guides. It's We've gone to 100 industry luminaries and we've asked them for one secret to their success. Genuine secrets. And we've got some 
ridiculously heavy yeah. hitters. I mean, this is the kind of one of those things you think, oh, that would be great. You'll get a Joe Schmo from Splash Damage and mm. uh, John Bloggs from uh, EA Redwood Shores. No, and they like, can, no, 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 no. They no, can no. sod off. <laughs> yeah. We, what we've got is... Not, not that we didn't include someone from Brash, Pla- Splash Damage. Oh, no, no, no we say. did. We, yeah. But yeah. What, we, what we've got is uh, top guys from top studios. Yeah. We're talking guys like Gabe Newell. We're Levine. Blazinski. Blazinski. Spectre. Oh, Spectre. We've got some... Braben. Braben. We've got some strong names. We're talking... We've, we've got a Lara Croft. Peter Moore. Peter Moore. Molyneux, of course. We've got Toby Gard, um, Danny Bilson. Pitchford. Um, Mark Pachter. Rain. Yeah, Michael Pachter. And might have a bit of Jack Thompson as well. Oh, the awful <laughs> Jack Thompson. Jackie Thompson. Jackie Bo. Um, yeah, so so yeah, basically got in touch with loads and loads and loads of people. And these people Pidget will North, shed, some, shed some serious light on the industry you love. Yeah, so so basically I asked them all one one and, question and each about what they, they do. I mean, there's one guy who's like pretty important, right? Because he'll teach you to look after yourself. Oh, Baz, Baz Rutten. But dong, but dong, yeah, dang, exactly. dang. Oh, I was so happy when uh, Baz Rutten got back to us. It was a wonderful, wonderful answer. So, Matt, Baz. it's been sort of ongoing for what, three or four months? Yeah, probably th- two and a half, three it's months. a long time in months. the making. Um, um, and it's some some people were quicker to get back to us. Than yeah, others. some, it was going down literally right to the minute I was handing it in. Um, we should just say it was such a huge feature. It's part one of it. Yeah, we, we had to split it in two because um, Matt turned around to me and said, okay, I've got all 100. I think it's going to run to about 32 pages. And I said, well, I don't think we've quite got enough room for 32-page feature, so we may have to split this over yeah. two issues. So we've done 50 uh, this issue, uh, issue 100, and we'll do 50 and 101. Yeah. With perhaps a little bonus as well. We'll, we'll. we'll see when 101 goes out the door. But um, no, some huge names. I don't even think we've talked about some of the bigger names i guess we can leave those as, as a surprise yeah, but a, almost everyone almost list. everyone was really good really got back to us pretty fast a couple of people said they would and never did sadly but hey in, at the end of the day it's pretty fortunate that they didn't because there's literally no space for anyone else mm. yeah there's there's no dead weight in the list as it stands there's, there's some strong no strong games in there yeah and some good answers some cryptic answers and some funny answers yep. some Questions off answers. the wall questions as well. Yeah, yeah, some long ones, some short ones, some nice ladies in there. All oh, sorts. lovely All ladies. Sorts. Oh, we've got a good mix in there, that's yeah. for sure. And and the other thing we did was a uh, was a two thousand well, kind of part one of our two thousand eleven preview because um, long time readers will know that uh, we tend to split our preview. Uh, over a couple of issues at this time of year, only because um, Future hand us an annual Christmas present uh, at this time of the year, which is uh, to get an issue out in two weeks. So, um, so we've done the twenty hottest games of two thousand and eleven in in issue one hundred, and we'll follow it up with uh, everything else that's coming in two thousand eleven. Literally everything else. As always, we'll do every single game yeah. of two thousand eleven. Oh my god! What, and that's on our short issue as well. Right now, we're breaking our backs on the short issue. Yeah. See, the short issue is um, something you could probably explain. Basically, we do thirteen issues a year, mm-hmm. correct? And that means one has to be squeezed in. And we need to get onto to the printers before Christmas. So this future's a little Christmas treat for us all, right? Yeah. Go get to the printers before Christmas so that they can get it printed and on shelves for you guys in the new year. Now, that means we have to turn around an issue double quick. So that doesn't mean we uh, we produce a slack issue. That means we work double hard. It means late nights yeah. every night of the week until the game until the mag comes out. Normally we have about 19 working days to do an issue in, whereas this issue we've got 10. So you can see how it's uh, how it's working. Uh, to be honest, 
you know, I think that often what happens is that this time of year with this issue, we end up producing a real corker because we're so sort of focused on it. I always like the uh, January yeah. issue. Push always and, and it, Yeah, that's right. And it always, and when it comes, oh, I guess the, the listeners out there will tell us whether it's whether it's a corker or not. But we've got some great stuff planned for 101. But 100 is going to be going to be out um, 21st of December. We're talking about it now because you won't have another podcast before it comes out. Um, so we, were, so we are going to try and get a podcast out just before Christmas, though, right? Yeah, yeah. if we can, yeah. Right. Um, okay. So, so yeah, definitely go out and buy it. It's, it's big. Oh, I forgot to mention what about the, the biggest big thing. Fa- feature. I, of I it. forgot to mention the biggest thing in it, which is the issue comes with a free pair of 3D glasses, and the whole issue, well, ninety percent of the issue, is designed in 3D. And you'll be able to see it, everything, the, the 100 secrets, the 100 best games, the 20 hottest games the next year in full 3D, eye-popping 3D. It really is brilliant. But don't worry, it doesn't mean that you won't be able to read the issue without your glasses. In it's a, not one of those bullshit no, red, red blue it's, things. It's very right? clever tech where, uh, where we design it in a special way using special colours and a special printing process so that... With your eye, with your uh, without your glasses on, it just reads like a regular issue. But with your glasses on, whoop! There goes the old. <laughs> is that, is that a noise, mate? You mean like that's what? 3D. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's what the old three D noise is. So it's a it's a first for us. We're really really well. Actually, we haven't even had the issues back. But based on the printouts we've had, it, it I think it looks really really cool. We hope you really enjoy it. It's a challenge for our boys, right? They had to uh, they had to spend ages trying to work on what works best in 3D and what yeah, doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of the new it's the new 3D, which is uh, 3D glasses, which are called Chroma, Chroma, Chroma something, it's like Chroma Depth or something, which is basically like old Jimmy Cameron used for Avatar. Um, same sort of technique. So um, so yeah, they're, they're they're free with the issue. Pick them out. Read the read the mag. Don't let your eyes get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, and a special DVD as well. Yes. I should say, I do the DVD again now, and we, we've well, done a little bit extra. Panel, the other, yeah, other Chief thing. Asshole. Thanks a lot, Tim. <laughs> Cheers for that. Um, and we, we've put some extra work into the DVD as well. So uh, we have. We've got lots more content DVD. for you. Yeah, a really indeed. good DVD, actually, this issue. Recorded some extra special stuff for that and some specially long um, voiceovers and, yeah. and round tables. Do we do round tables? Uh, we, no. did. Oh, we did. We did. Right, okay. uh, you went there for those. We might have some outtakes that I haven't shown you guys yet. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, wonderful. <laughs> which will which be interesting. Excellent. Okay, we've pimped the this thing enough. Yeah. Um, we're not actually going to talk about Christmas on this podcast. We're going to save it for the next one, which will be going live by Looks Things on the 24th. Yeah. Christmas Eve. So, a little Christmas treat for everybody. You can listen to it as you're tucking yourself into bed for Santa. <laughs> That'd be nice, right? But you know what? I've got a magazine here that's not in 3D. Got this from the American Airlines uh, flight. Took picked it up because it's you know that's what a good journalism's at. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, it's like when yeah, where when you it's get, all our dream. Like, yeah, you, you start off in games, then you move up to like the the tabloids, and yeah, then so, uh, yeah. and then you then go you into Air, Air, Sky yeah, the, the Sky, Sky Mile magazine. So, it's Sky Mile magazine. Now, I recommend Sky Mile magazine to anyone who's got a flight anywhere because it will kill an hour or two on the flight because you can look at some brilliant things like um, it's it's a, a magazine. To explain what it is, it's a magazine filled with things that no one ever asked for or ever no. wanted. Like some of the things you would buy in, say, like a Hawkins Bazaar type shop. Some but of them you buy in Joe shops. Way, shop. way, way below that. Like, you know, it's like it's like when someone comes up to you and says, uh, it's like someone goes on to um, Dragon's Den and goes, I've got this brilliant idea for a, a product. And they're like, what is it? And they're like, like electric scissors. <laughs> and, and, you're, and you're like, 
I don't know that this this hand thing, this, yeah. cl- uh, this I'm doing for the uh, miming here, is so difficult. We need yeah, scissors right. to be yeah. motorized, and like, and they're all like, I'm out. Yeah. Well, all the people that they would have got I'm out on. Sky Moore's in. Uh, Sky Moore's in. They're absolutely 100% <laughs> in. So how about a remote-controlled tarantula? <laughs> <laughs> this remote-controlled tarantula scurries across flat surfaces like an actual arachnid, moving forwards and backwards on command. Uh, the spider Can storks, you turn it? No, I, just, just, yeah, I think it's just like you put a battery and just switch them on and it just goes. It allows, it, it's, it, well, it's got two motors. One drives a set of wheels... And the other one makes eight legs twitch, which lets you frighten unsuspecting arachnophobes day or night from up to 25 feet away. That's really specific. Isn't it? it has a hairy exterior similar to the urticating hairs that cover a tarantula's abdomen. That sounds disgusting. That's amazing. Yeah, well, this, this magazine's full of things like that. Like, how about a um, marshmallow gun? <laughs> This clever, this is this is amazing. The clever pump-action device shoots sweet, edible miniature marshmallows over thirty feet, and unlike other marshmallow blasters, comes with an LED sight. What other marshmallow what? blasters are these? Oh, because the, the market is so crowded. It's saturated. Yeah. Saturated. With a uh, easy to fill magazine, holds twenty-five marshmallows for fast, non-stop action. What are you supposed to fire them at? I mean, you're supposed to fire them into someone's people's mouth. mouths. Yeah. But if it goes thirty feet, and let's let's be honest. If you think about marshmallows, they're pretty light. You wouldn't think they'd go that fast. You it's have to put a to, lot of power yeah, behind. It's have to have a pump on firing that. that into someone's gob. Something actually useful, though. Video recording sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> These are glasses with a built-in video camera to allow you to discreetly record all that you see. Let me show you. <laughs> Nudist beats. Let me show you how discreet these glasses are. <laughs> <laughs> They're freaking huge. Last night, funnily enough, I was uh, my wife asked me for a Christmas list, and uh, and I, I, I my watch stopped. Okay, and uh, and it's beyond repair. Basically, it's quite old. So she said, "Do you want a new watch?" And I said, "Yeah, okay." So I had a look around, and there was a watch on there that was a that took pit. It was called a secret agent's watch, <laughs> and it, it took pictures and and recorded video. Amazing. But it was like a freaking like plate it's like a massive plate on your wrist it's like I'm just going to discreetly work. oh sorry don't knock your head I'm like five, five yards away from you i got something quite similar to that later on which you'll enjoy but I also got the um, what's this word the Brobdingnagian sports chair okay so it's a portable chair that elevates your physical stature at any outdoor event uh-huh. Measuring five and a half feet tall, the chair is certain to provide a stadium seating at any venue. And it's nine inch... It says nine foot here, but I don't think that's right. It's got a nine inch square seat, affords ample room for full body gesticulations, or sharing your prodigious chair with a friend. But nine inches isn't very much, no, is it? Well, look at the photo. He looks like a little miniature man on a giant... A giant chair. <laughs> what? No, no, I bet, I bet it's my foot from the top of the factory. What is he? A leprechaun. The, <laughs> the lofty seat elevates feet well above the ground where they're free to dangle and sway instead of merely floundering in dirt or sand. That's, um, that's six. Ridiculous. To give you an idea, readers, of how big this chair is, it has six cup holders. <laughs> <laughs> that's five cup holders on each side. No, sorry, there's three cup holders on each side. Um... If you erected this thing at Glastonbury, <laughs> you'd get bottled. <laughs> Check him out. Look at his face, though. He freaking loves it. Oh, Great dear. name as well. Really catchy. The Brobdingnagian. <laughs> so, oh, man, there's more where this came from. 
personalized calendars put you in the action all year long. So now's your chance to be part of your favorite Major League Baseball team or NASCAR pit crew. These cool 12-month calendars come personalized with your name prominently featured on the back of the uniforms. <laughs> Imagine yourself cracking the game-winning home run or kicking it into high gear with your car back with your car back in the race. Every month provides a the 2011 schedule for the current year, as well as the important historical dates related to the baseball or race team you choose. You get to put your name on the back of the, the See, photographs. I thought it was like they'll put your picture in. But no, no, just weak. your name. That's weak. It is weak, but it's not as weak as this thing. It's just similar to what you've got there. You've got a spy watch, right? right or yeah. spy watch. Spy tag. watch, yeah. So this is the Just next, like James Bond. The next best thing to being a fly on the wall. The office, in very, very, basically, this is just for paranoid <laughs> freaks. freaks. Yeah. The next thing to be in flywheel. The office can be a pretty hectic place these days, and it's not always easy or prudent to make every meeting. But you can still listen in on conversations with the spy ear. Disguised as an innocuous pen holder, the spy ear actually holds a listening device operating by a SIM card. You call the number to the SIM from any phone, you'll instantly hear everything going on in the vicinity of the spy ear. Best of all, Spire features a working digital face with a clock, calendar, and thermostat. <laughs> and look, yeah, illustrated with this guy who's having a listen. <laughs> 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 the trouble is that our listeners can't see the amazing photos. Check <laughs> him out. There's a guy. They've illustrated it with a guy holding a glass up to a wall. And against his ear. And his eyes are like, oh, I can hear everything. <laughs> I can hear absolutely everything. His eyes everything. are popping out his head because the secrets are so delicious. <laughs> Maybe we ought to just do a couple more. We, 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 I'm only going to do just a couple more because, you know, what I think is when I buy a, a bottle of wine is that, you know, I wish it were more aged. Well, that's okay because you can get that because this is an aging accelerator for wine. Uh, it helps recapture the exquisite taste of nature, of nature and duplicate the smooth, mellow flavour generated by years of traditional slow ageing. Extremely powerful neodymium magnets in the Vintage Express realign particles and beverage, so wine in the glass shows noticeable improvement in just a few minutes. You whack your wine bottle in there, it magically ages it. I think it actually, that's how they make, it works actually, magic. Yeah. yeah I think it actually big. works on magic. There's one here I, I'm definitely going to show you. Um, it's towards the back, so bear with me while I find it, because we don't want to go through all these, because my god, there's a lot of brilliant things in here. Like the three women pin. Are they sisters, friends, multiple generations, or just three faces to yourself? We love the intimate pose these three women share a secret. It's a brooch to put on your coat. That's, again, stuff that no one asked for, no one wanted. Uh, a, a mat for the beach, which is a sand-free environment wherever you go. It was originally designed to eliminate sand and dust from helicopter landings. It's a blanket. <laughs> um... This, the Mademoiselle Hulkator floor lamp statue. Oh my word! It's six feet tall. It's a woman with a it's a woman with a severed head and a lampshade where her head used to be. Six feet tall. Can you imagine if you brought that home to your wife? Yeah, what would she, she say? She wouldn't be pleased. I mean, you guys can talk amongst yourselves while I'm flicking this because I love this magazine. And we made the flight of misery for everybody else because we just sat there, chuckling away to ourselves. Oh, come on, man. Where are you? Where are Argos you? would be better if they, their catalogue was replaced by this, I think. Yeah, it would be. They'd do better training. Yeah, here we go. This is the one. This is, this is the, the, the punchline, This basically. is the piece de resistance. Astounded and impressed at your, your guests at the ne your next Polynesian luau <laughs> with our exclusive heavyweight six-foot-tall King Moai Easter Island statue. <laughs> <laughs> it's a six foot I want, tall. I want an Easter Island statue. That'd be brilliant. It's a six foot tall, 92 pound Easter Island statue illustrated by a tiny child. 90 standing pounds? Next That's to not that heavy. 90 pounds? 92 pounds is as heavy, heavy. As, a, as a slim woman. Yeah, Very heavy. slim woman. Uh, this guy, though, with his characteristically yeah, big feet. Yeah, but given how big it is, like, surely that 
could quite easily top, up, but, top uh, over. But Matt, it's, it's not the actual Eastern Ireland statue. <laughs> it's just one in a Skywalk magazine. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, come on, mate. You need to, <laughs> you need to start, start thinking about it. I don't read anymore. I'm just chuckling to myself at this... Um, Bigfoot Garden Yeti statue. <laughs> it's characteristically big feet on more on more than two feet tall Garden Yeti will have guests doing a double take. So you admire your creative home on garden style. How about this? This zombie. <laughs> a zombie. A zombie breaking out of a it's flower It's a zombie bed. clawing his way out of the floor. What's oh, that? Not for the faint of heart, this Toscana exclusive life-size grey-toned zombie will claw his way out of your garden plot, office or family room corner, pleading for assistance with the eeriest eyes you've ever seen. That's just what you want. Yeah. Oh, what's that armadillo doing? I miss that. I, I, I'm going to take this back, I think, later and have a, have a good old read. Why, uh, why don't we do some questions then, Matt? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, we've got we, can always, we can always... Uh... The SkyMall is the gift which keeps on giving. I, hi, I Honestly, I, if you're taking a flight in the next week or you know someone who is, get them to bring you a copy of the SkyMall. It's 230 pages. The amount of mirth they pack in, in those slim and It even slim beats body, us. It's, uh, if, we had the, if we had double that, we couldn't be as funny. And, and we're brilliant. president is? Christina Aguilera. Oh, yeah. God, that's a good spot. Not the Christine Aguilera, though. Her name's Christine Aguilera. I bet it was Christina, and she was like, God damn it, that name's been stolen from me. It's like uh, in, <laughs> yeah. in, in Office Space, where the guy's name is Michael Bowen. Someone says to him, you know, that's a perfectly good name. What's wrong with you? And he's like, no, it was a perfectly good name until Michael Bowen got famous. Yeah. There's a John Wayne Monopoly set in there you might be interested in for Christmas, by the way. Yeah, yeah. excellent. I'll give it a look. So, um, Joel Million wants to know, do you guys ever get wasted? <laughs> Brilliant. Bang on, back on topic. Yeah. Uh, Mike? I think that's a moral question for Jem. Does he I mean, don't... like, wasted, like... Drunk? Or does, does he, he mean, mean, mean high? Or... Does he mean, like, yeah, drugs? Oh, so drunk, I think, surely. Oh, right, right. I, I don't know. I was only... Actually, sure I can, actually you know what? I can, I can make this semi-on topic and quite funny at the same time. I, mean, I went to um, uh, Cologne earlier this year and I haven't drunk since. I stopped drinking. Every, when we were in, uh, in Cologne for the trade show, we would go out every night of the week. I mean, every night. The trade show would fin wrap up at about 7 and we would head out on the town for 7.30. We would eat red meat, sausages and drink beer until 4 in the morning. Now... Someone spoiled beer for me just before I went by re pointing out that every beer has the same calorific value as, like, a Mars bar. Mm. So if you have, like, 11 pints of beer, which isn't unheard of if you're doing it over, like, you know, that many hours, you just start eating 11 Mars bars. Like, imagine how rotten you'd feel if you ate 11 Mars mm. bars. Now imagine how rotten I felt after a week of red meat and beer. I came back and I hit the toilet like a comet. <laughs> I, I was in the bathroom and it was just meatloaf. <laughs> Yeah, it was awful. It was it was it was distressing, and the smell was incredible. <laughs> Not pleasant, I'm sure. So yeah. lovely. So Cheers. what I did. So what I did was I decided that I swore there and then I made a vow that I wasn't going to drink again. And I've stuck to it. Yeah. The old glass of wine now and again, but man, after that, it it ruined drinking for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 30, Tim. I can't do I it know. anymore. I've got to say that uh, I don't really drink at all, really. We uh, we had a, a discussion in the office before I came out about the one time in like ten years that I've got I got drunk, a bit too drunk, and everyone always brings it up, and that's only because where was this? This was a a, a friend's wedding reception, which where he worked at Future, he used to work at Future, so there were quite a few Future people there, and. Uh, 
I'm not going to go into it, but you know, we'd had a we'd had a uh, outside of work a few you know, t- a bit of a tough time. So I thought I'm going to go and uh, just uh, you know let my hair down. Got a bit drunk, had a bit of a whoopsie outside, you know, mm. in the alley. I, I was sick, by the way. Not I didn't shit myself or anything. <laughs> and uh, and then everyone always brings it up every time. So like, oh, Tim, it's like that time you got drunk at a party, wasn't it? Yeah, one time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it's like I don't drink. Really, but it's because I don't drink that people always remember it, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's I can't all- say I get wasted a lot. No, no I, I don't think as a mag we're quite. I think we're quite reserved when it comes to the alcohol. Sometimes, but we are out party. on the Christmas curry next week. We are. Yeah, we're Christmas get- curry next Monday, which would be uh, one to just two next days Monday for, for you guys. Days, yeah. listening as well. Um So when we go out to events, sometimes you see people they get absolutely just monitored, really, really bad. I've seen a few sites I wouldn't like to repeat. Just monitored, um, but. Uh, Christmas party, Futures Christmas party is coming up as well in a couple of weeks. Mm. And last year there were some interesting casualties, shall we say. We won't name any names or point fingers, but uh, we all know. I it's, remember we that. Know. it's interesting though, Matt, that the, your your funniest story about um, about a drunk person and uh, and my one of my funny stories about the drunk, a, a drunk person ended up being the same, the same person. You went on a, when you went to... I literally don't tr- know what... On a trip. You know, okay. and someone got a bit oh, drunk. And, oh. then, and then remember when I told you about the story about how I went to the Golden Joysticks one year and I was waiting outside the Golden Joysticks and this guy came out and he was absolutely obliterated. Yes. And he walked off down the street and he was really wobbling, you know, wobbling around. You could see that. And then he just like went a bit too much to the right and he just <laughs> fell into like this gutter and he just disappeared from view and he didn't reappear for about 10 minutes and then he got up brushed himself down and carried on walking along the road and it ended up being the same guy you were talking about. there's a brilliant video on YouTube of some guy I think he's in the Isle of Wight or somewhere trying to walk up a hill that it's, it's an inclined hill but it must be like two degrees or something and it takes him like 15 minutes he's just going up and he's staggering back down and he's trying to get out the street again and it's just two guys I think sitting in a car filming this drunk person on the sidewalk it is hilarious get on YouTube and it's like drunk guy I'll have seen that video of the guy who goes to the American store convenience store convenience yeah. store it's like someone's turned the gravity off yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like his legs are just rubber and you, you like he opens the door and just like goes opens goes with it. It's like he yeah. opens with it. Yeah, that's right. like he's channeling the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, it could be worse. Like you said, you didn't shit yourself. Yeah. Not like old, uh, not like that video we saw the other day. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, not like that. So a lot of people might not know that story. Yeah. Gary Lineker shot himself. He did. Yeah, shot himself during uh, Italian Italia ninety. Yeah. yeah. If you go on them, um, and, he, and he, he drops to, to the floor and and, and does, sc- does, does the old dog scuffle. <laughs> yeah, he 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 just he'd had he'd had a bit of the old Gandhi's revenge, I think, and they, he was borderline where he was going to be able to play. It was in the semi-final against Germ- West Germany, as it was then, and uh, he stretched for the biggest ball. game of your life, basically. Yeah, stretched for the ball and shat himself, <laughs> and then he sat there on the pitch and scooped it out of his shorts. Yeah, and you can see it on the TV. Put into YouTube, Gary Lineker probably shits himself or something like that, and you can you'll be able to see it. Yeah, that's a link people can you know, pull up on their iDevice immediately. Ex- exactly, yeah. yeah and, and enjoy. Yeah. I still like Lineker, though. He's a good good old guy. Lineker's all right. He's not a bad old pundit, either. I don't like the fact that he's got a redonkulously hot girlfriend. But is it girlfriend or wife, wife now? Wife now. He looks pretty good for his age, though. Mm. Mm. Question. Moving on. Uh, Flying Penguin 18 wants to know, do we think we'll ever see HD remakes of original Xbox games? HD, HD is in fully re-rendered. 
Well, Microsoft seems pretty down on the yeah. idea. I mean, obviously there are rumours flying about about a Halo remake with 343. Um, Which seems we'll likely, see. to be honest. Seems yeah, very we'll likely. see what happens there. Mm. But uh, if, if we don't, like Microsoft obviously did come out and say they, they weren't looking um, at doing it. Or, or, or did they? Shit. I mean, that... that um, who was it who said... Uh, oh, this isn't about Halo. This is about beforehand where Microsoft said we're not interested in, yeah, in I, HD remakes. I know they said that, but then they said then someone else contradicted. Was that Microsoft US who said that? Because oh, someone in Microsoft UK was like, oh, you know, we could be, in the, which yeah. is normally means that there's probably some yeah. something in the works. The thing is, the reason Sony are so into HD remakes is because they're selling a console, console without backwards compatibility. Mm. They're actually quite happy about that, I think, because you can make the console cheaper yeah. and you can resell the games. And now that's actually been quite good for it because some of those late generation PS3 games were ropey as hell. Yeah. Like, I mean, Shadow of the Colossus PS2, was a great yeah. game. That game, right? That game would drop to about twelve frames a second, most like yeah. you know, in, often. You know, not like once in a while, often. And now they're remaking it. It's going to be like fully sixty frames yeah. a second. It's going to be in three D. It's going to be. It's going to look great. I'm definitely. I mean, I own both Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. I'm buying that. I'm going to be getting the Sly collection. That's the um, thing. A really good Prince HD of Persia. Is, is yeah, Prince Persia, Splinter Cell, both well, trilogies. We are, I own, and we I'm going to get Beyond them. Good and Evil. We're going to be yeah. on, which, which isn't a full HD remake. What they've done is they've remade the the lead character. And then they just taken the, the PC, PC assets the, because which was already HD anyway. I mean, you can run it at whatever resolution mm. you want, and I think that would be a nice thing to do. I mean, when you're playing games like Chaos Theory on the uh, the 360, you're looking at a game which is running in 480, you know. But you can take the PC version, and PC games port very nicely to 360. Mm. Yeah. You've already got very high resolution assets. Well, man, just give us give us those mm. uh, give us PC versions of those games. Those are good games. There's a lot of them. Halo needs needs that remake. The PAL version of the original Halo is just trash mm. a fully 3d remake of halo in reach's engine it's exactly what we need and i think microsoft know it i think there's a, they know there's a lot of money to be made from it i'd be very surprised it'd be like if microsoft said they're not going to do it that'd be like the beatles getting together and saying oh you know what we won't do yet another remaster of revolver because there's just no point everyone's got the previous one well the fact is it's a license to print money mm. and microsoft would be fools not to take advantage of it i'd be very surprised as well if they didn't if I think, as you as you said, my it's sort of likely that three four three are probably doing something around. What that. else are they working on? Otherwise, you know. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's probably more than anything to kind of a help them find their feet with something yeah, that's got to break the studio. Yeah, and, and B, it'll that will come <laughs> out. People will be like, brilliant, an HD version of Halo three four three are brilliant, yeah, and everyone yeah. gets behind they, the studio. They, they can't come out with Halo four because if they do it wrong. They're dead. Yeah. But if they that. come out with a, a remake of Halo, a game that everyone already knows is good, trim the library out, make it a little bit slimmer, just one floor maybe. You are, uh, you know, put in the new vehicle physics, amazing graphics, all the new weapons and so on, and it's going to be good because guess what? We already know the game's good. It's mm. like you know, there's not a lot they can do to mess it up as long as they stick to the original structure. Mm. People are going to like it. It's a safe bet. You you break, say you get everybody practiced for Halo Four. You use a template which is already proven to work. You got yourself the makings of a decent studio. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's pretty much it. One more, another one from Flying Penguin. Uh, he wants to know: Do we think Connect will really add five years onto the 360's life? I think it's a difficult, it's a difficult one to say this far out. You know, I think it's five years now. No, I, I think th- I'll be very surprised if we didn't see Microsoft announce a new console in 2012. I think it'll. I think it'll extend the life cycle, but I don't think it's like a replacement for hardware. 
No. I mean, the the tech in in Connect will will form a major part of Xbox's next um, Microsoft's next Xbox console. Definitely. Yes. I mean, it will come with a Connect. Having yeah. said that, I don't think Connect should be the should be seen as being the only reason why 360 is still going. Like, I don't, I don't think... People are saying, oh, is Kinect going to extend its lifespan? Well, 360's still got something to give. Okay, so, you know, the graphics can't compare to the high-end PC stuff. We've maxed out now. I mean, we have absolutely maxed the, the 360. But why not enjoy two years of it being maxed out Exactly, now? and that's, that's the that's thing. Because that's been we, the problem in the past. We never get to enjoy that with previous generations. You get to the end of the generation, and all these developers who are absolute experts with their technology have to bang out their final game for that machine as fast as they can. And that's because when you get a 12 on. frames a second shadow of the yeah. Colossus. You know, there's a, a great opportunity now to just enjoy the best of 360 for the next two and a half years. It's going to be a good, it's going to be a really good time to own a console. As our top 100 proves, going back to that, there's a lot of games in the past you can dig mm. up as well. Definitely. What I thought we could uh, maybe maybe end on was uh, just talking about our top 100 and maybe going back and just having, uh, just asking each of, maybe each of us just talk about our personal, just not for the podcast, our personal favourite game of the Xbox generation. God, putting us on the spot. Yes, I have put you on the spot a bit there. I'll kick things off and give you some time to, uh, to think about it. Mine would be, um, would probably be Hitman 2 Silent Assassin, which isn't actually even probably the best Hitman. But it's a game that uh, I spent so many, many, many hours playing over and over and over again, doing the missions in, in, in different ways, approaching them in different ways, and getting different results. And it was just for the time. Now, I mean, if you play it, it's a bit of a, I guess, a bit of a mess. Although I haven't been back to play it because I didn't want to spoil my memories of it. But um, at the time, it was just... It just astounded me you know it astounded me okay it's got the world's most suspicious guards you know when you walk past them their 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 heads turn 180 degrees and they kind of watch you all the time but it was just for the, it was just unlike any game i'd kind of played up until that point it was it was you know alex dale wrote a thing for us on blood money a couple of issues ago where he just he called Hitman, not he said. Hitman is defiantly not an action game. It's it's a it's a puzzle. It's it's one big thing where you because the the actual shooting in it is a bit is a bit loose and a bit kind of unconvincing, I guess. But piecing it all together and getting all the place all the all the um, all the bits in place you need to to kind of get to the to the objective, I just think was unlike anything I'd, I'd played before. And I spent and and I remember Hitman two so fondly because. Uh, contracts and blood money came out, and I think they were like twelve missions each. Whereas, whereas Silent Assassin had something like eighteen missions in it or something, so it went on for a long time. But I liked that because it kept me going, it kept me coming back, and I just remember just just really just being completely blown away by the ideas in it. I, I also liked it because, as you as you both know, I'm not I'm not the best gamer in the office anymore. You guys have far surpassed me, but with Hitman, it's it's a very slow and kind of considered um, approach to games, and I like that. I like to be, I, you know, in a, in a straight race where we're just bashing at you know buttons and doing that kind of thing. I'll always come off second best, but I think with a game where you actually get to sit down and kind of have a bit of time with it, thinking about it, and approaching missions in in a certain way and trying things, and I think it's just for me that's that's now I'm in my 30s almost in my mid 30s that's what I want from a game I don't want a game where I'm having to constantly you know get my head around 15,000 buttons I like the fact that I've just got time to think about my approach and, and do it that way so for me it would be Hitman 2 um, for me I think 
really it would have to be Oblivion for me, given how much time I lost that game, how I'd nearly failed my degree because of that game. Um, I it just you know my life was Oblivion for, for a couple of months. I just think. Think how different your life um, would be if you had failed your degree, though. Oh. oh. <laughs> um, although you think about Vice City and you think, oh, is it Vice City? But I'm not going to say Oblivion. I'm going to say something different because I'm the only one who will stick up for this. And I'm going to say Lost Odyssey. Um, I'm a I'm a huge JRPG fan. Um, Final Fantasy VII is the reason why I got into JRPGs, and since then I've discovered like lots of other Final Fantasies. It's among funny other you say games. that because Final Fantasy VII was the reason I got out of JRPGs. <laughs> among other other um, JRPGs as well, but um, Lost Odyssey for me is Final Fantasy in all but name. In fact, I think it's better than almost every Final Fantasy as well, and I think it was largely ignored. And unfairly so, because Mistwalker right now has a much better idea of what makes a good JRPG than Square does. Because um, Final Fantasy XIII was absolutely horrible, um, both in terms of just being a JRPG and what it was trying to do anyway. It's just a, a linear game where you just press forward and A for like eight hours on the trot until you actually had to do a little bit of thinking. Um Lost Odyssey just hit all the right notes. He had a wonderful story, a really compelling world, great characters. One of the few JRPGs I've ever played where the American voices um, are better than the original Japanese ones. And there's a guy in it called Jansen who's just hilarious uh, with his English um, voice uh, voice actor. I don't know who it was who did the voices, but um, they were absolutely brilliant. A really compelling battle system, which for me makes all breaks of JRPG. It has to work. And it really, really worked. A good wall system um, for for defense stats. I know that's a very nerdy thing to say, but uh, but it really appealed to me. And a great, great antagonist because I think the best JRPGs. I know Mike maybe doesn't like Seven as much as me, but I think he'd be in agreement yeah, that Sephiroth is is legendary. And Gongora uh, in Lost Odyssey is absolutely wonderful. Not quite equal to Sephiroth, but you know what? He's not a million miles away either. Um, and finally, just to wrap it all up, uh, to make it even better than it otherwise would be, it has a, a selection of memories. They're, they're basically short stories, which are just absolutely impeccably told. They're so... <laughs> it's going to sound awful, but they're so moving. And they, re- they really are just wonderful, wonderful pieces of literature that if you take them out of the game and just hand them to people to read, they will really enjoy it and... I think they would be surprised to discover that content like that can be found in a game. And it actually made me stop and think a few times. And I can't really name another game that's ever done that to me. Um, so I would say Lost Odyssey, even though I really mean Oblivion. <laughs> Mike? <laughs> uh, so back in about 2004, five, I had like no job, no money, a pot to piss in. Uh, I, had, uh, I was working like uh, like a, I was working somewhere where I was working nights anyway, and I would come home at the end of the night shift. I would sit down and I would play one game every night, guaranteed until like six in the morning, until the sun came up. Literally until the sun came up. It happened every night for month after month after month. And I met some crazy people just playing this one game. I met a guy who works on like a Bramovich's yacht for half the year, and I met guys who were just so good at it, you weren't even playing in the same league. And it was a game which I just don't know how many hours I played because the clock in the game was broken, which would probably give it away to a lot of people who actually did play it. 
is Project Gotham 2. Mm. Now, I played on the Metropolis Street Race on the Dreamcast back in like 2000, whenever that game came out. I really liked it. I was more of like an arcade racer back then, so I like to put my foot on the acceleration and just drift every turn. Of course, you can't really do a Project Gotham. Gotham's like halfway between Sim and Arcade. It's got a lovely handling model, uh, which hasn't been bettered by any other arcade racer. Grid is similar, but it hasn't come even close. Test Driver Limited didn't even come close. It's um, it's a game that I got more than my money's worth out of. I can honestly say, like, you know, you, you spend 30 quid on this game and I've got over, you know, several hundred hours worth of fun. Yeah. It's a game which I would come home, like I say, on a night, deny myself sleep just to play all night long. And because of the times I was playing, I was mostly playing Americans. And, hey, you know, it turns out like most Americans on Xbox Live are actually all right guys. Mm. Particularly on that game because... It, it was just a good community. You'd get into a game, eight of you would be in there, and you'd just play, and maybe one person drops out and another person drops in, but for like an entire, even for like six hours, because the community was so dedicated, you'd get into one game, it would last four or five hours, you know, and you'd just say the same few people would just stick around, stick mm. around. And everybody had like this weird kind of honor code, which didn't translate to the later games in the series, and that was one of the big problems. There's two problems with the later games in the series. The first was that, you would play the, the, in the other games, there was no ranking system. The beauty of Gotham is that you always had a number which was going up. And of course, developers have since learned the value of that. But for a while there, they just forgot it. Gotham had this, you always had a number, and that, would, that number would always increase. You had an experience with every race. It didn't really equate to anything. I think it affected who you were ranked against. But it didn't matter anyway, because it, was, it didn't have a matchmaking system. It just had a browser system, so you could just jump into anyone's game that you wanted. Um, so you always had this number, so you always felt like you were making progress, no matter how many hours you played, and I played a lot. Uh, although not as many as the guys were up to like level 30, I think they made it to like level 40 or something. And the second big problem with uh, the later Gotham games is a problem that I've just completely forgot about. <laughs> just uh, as, I, as I was about to say, well, just, that's a problem that? there. <laughs> I, liked your, I liked what you said about you really felt like you got your money out of it, because that's how I really felt about, about Hitman, because Hitman wasn't even multiplayer. But because... Because you could, you know, approach levels in such different ways. I, I, I must have replayed, you know, my favourite levels in that, like tens and tens of times, you know, just approaching every little thing in a different yeah. way, you, you know. Can, the Hitman games just keep on giving. There's so many ways I to just remember the... Um, I talked about it actually a little bit in, in issue 100, the, the level where the, I think it's called basement killing, where you... Have to go down and yep. kill the guy, the hacker who's like down underneath. There's the, all like junk food go behind so him. Security yeah, center, that's yeah. right. And I just remember you can either go in as a fireman, you can set the smoke alarm off, or you can go and shoot in, or there's another way in as well, which I can't think about. You can drop the fiber wire down the chute, can't you, and just go in with no metal on you and but just he's, wander in. But hasn't he? Do, am I remembering it right? Hasn't he got like crisps on the floor around yeah, him? Yeah, behind or him. Yes, yeah, he's got. You, you have to tread so you carefully. Have to tread carefully and all that yeah. sort of stuff. You know, it's just. Just really good. Is there like these like just these locked room mysteries? You know, it's like how do I solve this? The other one, uh, the other thing I love about Gotham, sorry, was the uh, honor code, which is like this weird thing where everybody would just play by the same rules without the rules ever being explained. Somehow, somehow we all knew them. You come into a game and someone would choose what car you were going to race in, and whoever came first would choose the next car, and whoever came second would choose the next track. It's just like this weird thing which everyone would always do. And everyone would race the same car. Now, when you got to Gotham uh, 3 and Gotham 4, you'd just get into a race and it would just be like, oh, we're just going to race from this class. And everybody would end up racing with the same car from that class because it's the fastest car. And you never get any play for the stranger classes. 
But with uh, Gotham 2, you'd get into a race and someone would say, oh, let's race in the, um, uh, the, the you know, some, some, piece, some, piece of shit, some piece of shit. Let's go in the, uh, the Porsche Cayenne. And so everybody for that one race would be stuck in that one. And you would all laugh about it at the end of the race. You'd be like, oh, man, not driving that again. And you'd pick, like, another one. And you just every time just be picking a, a different vehicle. And, just, and then, like, like, a big, long night, you never get the same thing twice. I think I get, like, 130 cars. And you'd always be trying new stuff, always dabbling, always doing different things. The track design also, the best track design that's ever been in a Gotham game. Uh, the Edinburgh track is pr probably the best race track ever in a video game. Brilliant. It's loved. Love mm. Gotham too. Shame about the other ones and shame about what's happened to Bizarre at the moment. They deserve better. Yeah, yeah, they do. Maybe if uh, Activision hadn't spent $7 million on a party mm. in LA, they could have marketed Blur a bit yeah. and actually done some adverts on TV. Yeah, it is a shame. It is a shame. Um, so yeah, uh, that's uh, that's our, our best games ever, and uh, we'd love to hear from from you guys out there, especially once you've read our our hundred list. What you what you think of it? You can get in touch with us in the, the normal ways um, via email at xbw@futurenet.com, um, via Mike on Twitter, or um, or via our Facebook page, and um, and uh, uh, or on even in the, the old um, on the forums. forums and stuff. You know, we'd love to we'd love to hear from you. Any questions? Any any contentious things you see in the list? Mm -hmm. Anything you want to argue about or agree with? Then we want to hear from interesting, you. Interesting. I think certainly number one because it was something that was the easiest one for I think all of us. Mm. We're pretty much all in agreement with number one, and we all said it independently of one another. So I'll be interested to know if uh, if readers echo those thoughts. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Uh, we will definitely try and do another podcast just before Christmas. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this one. Uh, let us know, like I say, what you uh, what you think of it, what you want us to cover, and we'll try and do uh, do our best. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye bye. Bye.